And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. Me and Ryan back together here to recap episode 10 of Survivor Season 42, and it was a good one. It was a great one, Dylan. This was the best episode of the season. Um, I do have a question, though. Do you agree with Omer? Do you like pineapple on pizza? I can't say I actually have not tried pineapple on pizza. You've which never is, had it, which is cra- which is crazy. I'm a big pizza guy, but I don't know pineapple. Not really my thing, so I just haven't. It has not crossed my mind. It's like why why get why get pineapple on pizza? Why am I even trying that when I could just get anything else basically on pizza? So. Listen, he he said on Twitter, if you don't agree with him, you you don't have to follow him. I mean, listen, I <laughs> I, I mean personally, my favorite pizza is either like like pepperoni pizza, maybe like a meatball pizza, buffalo chicken pizza. So it's not in my top choices, but I do like it. I know people either love it or hate it, but I'm like, I'm neutral. It's good. It's good. <laughs> that is that is interesting. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big buffalo chicken guy as well. Yeah, but all right. Let's get let's get to it because we have a lot to talk about. Um, had a slight had a slight com- conflict last night, so we are doing the Thursday recap podcast rather than the Wednesday recap podcast. Right af- after uh, the episode, just wanted to remind everyone before we get into things: like this video if you're watching it, subscribe to the channel. We are closing in on 500 subs, and it would be great to possibly get there by the end of the season. That would be great. So thank you to everyone watching. Thank you to everyone who subscribes. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Soul Survivor Pod, TikTok at Soul Survivor Podcast, uh, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen. We will be there. Links are in the description below. And let's get right to it. You know, we had, and again, this is, you know, for those who don't know, I a lot of the, you know, a few of the reasons that I have not been on a couple podcasts this, this uh, season is because I have you know, sometimes I have to work at night. So I have some work conflicts. I end up watching at a crazy late hour. And that episode like last night, you know, I hate watching it so late at night and then being like, oh, I, I need to talk about it right after. And then like, oh, but I can't because it's 1.30 a.m. So I'm excited to talk about it right now. I'm ready to get going. And look, let's talk about first, before we get into the chronological thing, it's always great when you could kind of feel legends being born in front of you. And that's something that last season lacked a lot. Like I think a lot of the excitement about last season was the fact that one, it was the first survivor season in like a year and a half. And two, we didn't really know what to expect with the twist. So there was like a lot of unknown to it because, you know, they were touting it as the new error and the monster. Now we know what to expect with the game. So we're not really worried about that. We're completely focused on the characters. The editing is different. The cast is better. And it feels like normal Survivor again to me. Yeah. I I mean, I think we've been saying the whole season that this season, editing-wise, cast-wise, maybe even gameplay-wise, we've enjoyed it better than 41. And I think it's been proven once again tonight. And I think the thing that you keep hearing on Twitter as well is that this is just an episode that feels like a classic episode of Survivor. I mean, you have a textbook blindside. The target doesn't know they're going home at all. Um, no advantages technically played at Tribal Council. No whispering. You see somebody uh, who had a really uh, meteoric rise in the pre-merge comes, you know, crashing down in the post-merge. So it was a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to delve into Omer's game, give the eulogy on high. I, there's so much we have to talk about. And like you said, I wanted to talk to you about it. And then I'm like, well, I can't because Dylan's watching it super late at night. So we've just been itching to get onto the podcast and talk about it today. Yeah, and, and like you said, the best way to describe it is like a classic Survivor episode. Like it, it is that that is you know what we what we want from Survivor. Like it, it was perfect. And, and let's get to it chronologically. Um, but you know we have a lot to talk about. Um, clearly, 
Omar captivating everybody, Omer captivating everybody, Mike captivating everybody. And it, it, it's just, there, there's a lot going on. And it, we're at the point of the season where we're entering final seven after this week. And I pretty much like everyone left, which is not, it's not that common. So it, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun going forward. Um, but let's get started chronologically. So we get back from this crazy tribal that we had. Again, I was not on after the, you know, that wild tribal that we had. Um, the pod, I was not on the podcast, but we get back from that crazy tribal council. We don't really get a lot more of that. I just get like, I assume that there was discussions after tribal council of what happened. Um, because there were obviously a few that were left out and did not see the conversation that happened. So I assume they were like filled in after everyone probably got back like emotional from, you know, from tribal council Tori goes home. Um, high is, you know, very ecstatic on how the vote went. He feels like everything is going his way. Uh, Roxroy was voted out. And you could see that Mike was, you know, not so happy with high. He feels like it's supposed to be, you know, a two person alliance and that he kind of doesn't really have a say. He, you know, he didn't want Roxroy to go home, but he kind of just went along with the plan because he didn't want to like get in high's way. Um, but he like doesn't feel good about it because he, you know, Mike is a guy who he's been pitching his, you know, man of honor. He, he keeps his word, a man of his word. And he had to break his word to Roxroy. And he felt, did not feel good about the way Roxroy looked at him after tribal council, after he got voted out. So, you know, Mike is feeling this ethical dilemma and he's just not happy with high in general. And this is, this is the first point where I was like, all right, like, I feel like they, you know, you, you mentioned this when we were talking about it, um, you know, before we start recording, um, we felt like this is kind of coming for a while. And this was like, this was, you know, almost close to the tipping point, um, with Mike and we'll get to what ended up being the tipping point later in the episode, but almost the tipping point here, uh, what were your thoughts on all this? And do you think that this was the right move for Mike to be unhappy with high? What do you think of all this? Well, uh, I think it's an interesting question. The first point that you made about last week's episode, I do want to say that in the exit interview, if we're going to believe what high said in that they didn't talk about it that night. Cause they were uh, pretty, you know, spent after that whole situation, but they did talk about it in the morning. So I think the players knew more about it morning after um in terms of the high and mic of it all um i mean i think it just comes down to how people are playing the game i think that what we what, what we've heard from mike himself from other players in the game and from exit interviews mike is somebody who you know you see him he's a retired firefighter you see a certain you see him in a certain way but you don't know that deep down he's pretty emotional i think that we've seen this with daniel we saw this with chanel with high if you break your word to Mike, or if you, um, just, if you either break your word or you turn against him, he takes it very personally. And I do think to be fair to Mike, I think he obviously has every right to say, I want to play my game the way I want to play it. And I don't want high to drive my game. I want to make my own decisions. So he definitely has, you know, I guess the reason to feel this way, but I don't think high, at this point in the game, I don't think High was ever looking to go after Mike. We can go down as we get to the end of the episode. You know, who did it make sense for? Was it did it make sense for Omer? Was it good for Mike? But I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like High wasn't turning on Mike in this moment. So we could debate whether it was good for Mike. But obviously, as we see through the episode, Omer benefited a lot once again. So, so here's the thing from my standpoint. I think that. You know, if you're in a two-person alliance and you're not going to pull a Wendell Dom and just be like, all right, who like they knew that they were going to go to the end together and they knew it was just going to be the May the best man win. And that was their best path. That was their only path to get to the end. In this situation, 
I think it's important. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta know when to strike and when to strike first. Um, because high seemed like the person who would be willing to turn. I don't know if he would have, but he seems like the guy who would not have a problem turning on Mike in a situation, you know, maybe an episode or two later down the road. Um, and Mike could possibly either not see it coming, but high seemed like he would have no problem doing that. So I think that, you know, Mike was wary of that. And I think it was the right move to, to vote at high. Obviously if high got to the end, he would have been a massive threat to win the game. So I don't think that Mike was able to go to the end with him. And the move for Mike was to get rid of him at a time where he was not going to suspect it, which was this week. So I, I think he does a good job there. Now, what we see right right after this, the beginning of the episode, is who does Mike go to? And this is where everything starts. Who does Mike go to when he needs to talk this out with somebody not named High? He goes right to Omer. And now, yeah, Omer happens to be sitting right next to him in the in the, in the shelter. But at the same time, it's like, how is Omer, Omer pulling this off where like, nobody thinks he's on top? but everybody goes to him and trusts him the most. It's like, it's like my brother phrased it perfectly. It's like you're everyone's idea. Everyone has their ideal survivor game. If, if they go on the show, they all know exactly how they're going to play and how they, you know, yeah, I want to be, I want to be controlling everything, but I don't want anybody to see that I'm doing it. Like this is like, he, he's playing the ideal survivor game Omer right now. And, you know, we could talk about this a little bit later, but right now pretty much every single player left in the game has a reason to keep them in the game. Um, but at the same time, nobody suspects that he's the guy running everything. At least we don't think so. So, you know, I thought it was just interesting immediately. He already goes right to Omer and, you know, Omer, one thing he does really well is he, he's a very good actor. So he always like, he always like acts so surprised or like, right. So he, he makes the other, he makes the other person feel like he doesn't have a lot of info and they're bringing the info to him, which makes them probably feel that they're above him in terms of knowledge of what's going on. So that's, I think why they kind of, why they're kind of viewing him on the outs or not even on the outs, but not as in the know as some other people. So people go to him with info. He acts like all surprised. And then he like gives them like a solution. How, how could we, how could we do this? And then they immediately begin to trust him. And like, we see it right here is like, you know, Omer acts all surprised. He's like, yeah, like, like that is true. Like he wanted, you know, like I'm fine that rocks where I went home, but like, I think you make a good point about high. He's willing to backstab. Like if he's willing to do that to you, he could do that to anybody. And, and I think that that's what Omer is so good at. And we saw the first instance of it right here at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, Omer, listen, we're, we're going to say this a couple times during the episode, especially when we get to the lie that was told at the reward, but he's so much fun to watch. I, I love seeing this mastermind slash kind of villain edit from Omer. It's so much fun to watch. We saw him in the pre-merge make a connection with Jonathan um, as the meat and brain shield to alliance together. And he had some good stuff in the pre-merge, but wasn't overly shown. And now ever since the Lydia vote at the merge, he's just been rising episode after episode. And I think you're right though. He just, he's so good socially. So good. And I think we think about Omer, you think about, He's good strategically. He's making great moves, but he's he's being very subtle. He's very um, covert. Like he manages his threat level so well. Adam Klein and others always talk about managing your threat level is one of the most important things you can do because if you're always at the front forefront, like I was, you're gonna get chopped off. So he kind of hides in the shadows. He doesn't really make his moves known. I hope he can explain his game at the end, which we'll get to a bit later. But, you know, he manages that threat level so well because everybody, like you said, wants to align with him. Everyone feels like he's their number one. He's in final threes, some of, some of which we haven't even seen on the show. 
And he's able to make these connections where he's identifying everybody's motivations and he uses that to manipulate them. So in what you just said about Mike, when Mike goes to him, he's like, like, I had to break my war to rocks. And Omer's like, yeah, I know that was very hard for you because he knows that Mike is a man of his word. That's how Mike plays the game. So he's able to understand what is important to each person and use that. And he's just so good socially. I mean, there's a few other things we can get to later, but I have to just open with, I've been very impressed with him. It's almost like, um, I know Dylan hasn't seen the show, but I know some other people have with Game of Thrones. He's almost like a Varys where master of whisperers, making moves in the shadows and he's suggesting moves. He's not as aggressive as like a little finger, but maybe as we see later in this episode, he does get a bit aggressive, but he's, you know, making moves from the shadows. He's subtly pushing things. And then others are going and doing that. It's like all this whole merge so far, he's made suggestions to high and then high goes and does it. And Omer doesn't get any of the, the blowback. So very impressed by Omer. Yes. And before we continue talking about Omer, just want to remind everyone, we see, I see start, uh, people start to roll in a little bit late here. Be sure to put any questions you have in the in the chat here, the live chat, and we will get to it at the end of the episode mm-hmm. like normal. But yeah, we have another example of all this right after where Lindsay goes right to Omer. And again, they've been together since the beginning of the game. So this one makes a little bit more sense. She goes right to Omer and talks about Jonathan. She wants to target Jonathan. She wants Jonathan out of the game. She's annoyed. You know, with this whole plan he came up with last week, she feels like she cannot work with him anymore. And what? And like I said, what does Omer do? He acts all surprised, like, "Wow, like he did that." He like, "Yeah, you can't work with him." Like he's so he's so good at acting so surprised to the point where people don't think that he's in the know. Like it, it's just like every little thing he does. And again, there's you know the the legends of the game. They always talk if you listen to like their after. Pro- if you ever listen to Tony's podcast with uh, Rob Sesternino, it was like a three hour podcast after he won Winners at War. He spoke about all these little intricacies of the game that and like all these little things that he did to lower his threat level that like you would never in a million years think about. Like he he wore his buff weird so that everyone and like so that everyone would like see him as non threatening. He stood on lower ground so people were like looking down on him. He like would purposely lose in in like checkers and other games so people wouldn't see him as a threat. Like he did all this stuff, and I feel like like if we were to listen to Omer talk after this game, he probably has a list of things that he's you know a list of things that he's consciously doing to lower his threat level because nobody sees it coming. It also could just be that he's wearing a bright orange shirt with a bird on it. So I, or I think he tweeted that it was an emu. So like, he just doesn't seem like a threatening guy to begin with. Like that's, you know, that is, that is Omer. And he's just so good socially. Like you want to trust him. You want to work with him. Um, But right. As I said here, Lindsay's going up to him. Mike's going up to him. And then we have an idol that's, that's rehitted. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit. So Lindsay just misses the idol. She walks right past it. She looks at the tree. And I think she may have been like, I don't really know heights here, but is Lindsay like a couple inches shorter than Marianne? Like she did. No, I think Lindsay, I think Lindsay's taller than Marianne. No, is she? Okay. I don't I haven't seen them. I am not. Like, I don't, I don't have it in my, I don't have it in my head. So I don't know. Maybe somebody who's listening could, could fill us in there or you could look it up. But uh, she like, I, I was in shock that she did not find that. Cause she was like conscious. She was looking for, for the idol. And I was like, how did she, she looked at that exact tree. How did she not see it hidden? And Marianne, like, she didn't even look like she was like looking hard. Like she, she just wasn't. like walked right past it and there it was. So I was like thinking to myself, like, is Marianne like a couple inches taller than her that she saw it and Marianne and, and Lindsay didn't? They're like the same height. The same height. Okay. So that was not a factor. I don't know. Maybe Lindsay just missed it. Th- that was pretty crazy to me. Um, again, Lindsay missed it. So I guess it was hidden decently well. But, like, at the same time, it didn't seem like it was hidden that well. Like, if you go back to past seasons, like, late, or low 30s, like, you actually had to dig 
to find an idol. And now it's like, oh, an idol's like sitting right there in the tree, like just above eye level. It's like, I was like, kind of, I hope, I hope that in season 43 and 44, they actually rehide idols instead of just like leaving them in plain sight. But at the end of the day, one person missed out on it. So maybe it was better hidden than we think. And maybe Marianne's just good at spotting idols. So good for her. That was awesome to see her find an idol after she had just used one at Tribal Council. Obviously huge for her game. Yeah. What are your, and, what are, what are your thoughts on that whole idol, idol thing? And uh, like, do you think that they've made it too easy to find idols? Or you just think that like Marianne was just like had a good eye there? Um, I feel like it depends on the idol. I feel like some idols are harder to find than others. I mean, we see times where, like you say, it's very simple to find. Other times it's hidden in plain sight and you have no idea it's there. I do think it depends. And I do love this this classic throwback. I mean, this has been happening ever since like Russell Swan in Philippines where he's like, I'm going to see a flash on the screen and that's where it was. And you see like Lindsay just miss it right. to her right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like this is interesting for another reason because this is our first regular idol now technically the beware idols have all become full-fledged idols even though drea played hers and marianne played hers and mike still has his but as marianne says in confessional she finds this her second idol but there's no strings attached this is not beware this is not like a super idol it's just a standard idol which is interesting i mean people were asking uh, me in the comments last week dylan like will one of these idols get rehidden and i said I think last season when Shan got voted out, it got put back into the game, but I couldn't remember. So I, I had a feeling that I don't think I don't think two of them would have got put back. I mean, obviously Dre and Marianne played theirs, but since Mike already has one in the game, I don't think two would go back in. I think only one went back in. But I mean, listen, I mean, she listen, the survivor god said you played your idol and they're they're gonna give it right back. So we'll see what happens. I was I was pretty surprised that there was no like beware thing attached to it, but I guess, you know, we didn't really see idols played yeah. last season, so I guess it was just rehidden and that was it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, now we have the reward challenge, which was it was a bizarre I saw people saying that potentially like they think a, uh, like a swimming part of that got cut off because of the bad weather because it was like a weirdly short challenge but at the same time entertaining um cuz just cuz it was a huge storm. So, simple challenge um Lindsay wins the challenge and brings omer and mike um into what was a huge reward because given the conditions they got shelter they got pizza and then we later saw that they got message from their loved ones which in a season where because of covid people families can't fly out that was that was a huge thing um oh sorry fun sign up before you continue that actually uh, according to heather they had that last season too but they cut that out so they actually they actually had the same thing i I heard I read that last night as well, and I'm like I'm in shock. Like, what what was Survivor's motivation for cutting that out? Like that that to me is like everything that was wrong with season 40, 41 is we did not have those like personal moments that we had in this season. But anyway, not to go on a completely tangent there. Um, this was I have a feeling that this scene that we saw in the shelter is one that we're gonna when we look back on the season and the end result. I have a feeling that this could be one that highly impacts the end of the game. And we yeah. saw last season, I believe Xander, Erica, and Deshaun all went to a reward together and they all ended up in the final three. That's the same type of vibes I got from this. I don't know about you. I mean, this happens a lot. I mean, this that this happened last season. This happened in David versus Goliath when Nick, Mike, and Angelina secured a, uh, an alliance and they made the final three. This has happened in um it, this happened in, in second chance when jeremy secured an alliance or a final three with spencer and tasha like this happens all the time where you go on a reward and steven fishback has always said this 
um, how do you make a decision? Like, was this the right decision for Mike? And he always feels like you should bring allies with you to solidify those bonds and people you want to strategize with. I think Lindsay made a great decision on two fronts, you know, publicly and granted, obviously people could believe she has other intentions, but she says, I'm going to just pick who hasn't gotten a reward. Omer's gotten nothing. And Mike only got PB and J. He didn't get a merge fees. He didn't get the other thing. So it's fair. So everyone says that makes sense. Kind of like in big brother, if you're head of household, who do you nominate the first two people that fell off the challenge? Like this is just the fairest thing to do. Um, but that's like, publicly but internally she realizes okay well i've been close with omer since day one and i like mike a lot i want to strategize with him and i feel like like you just mentioned i would not be surprised if this is our final three i, I feel like these three seem pretty close together um again anything can still happen but i feel like th these were people that Lindsay wanted to strategize with so she made i think a good choice there and also publicly people seem to believe it as well yeah, Lindsay did a, a great job here because a lot of times you don't want to be the person picking for a reward because especially and especially in conditions like this, yeah. where it seemed like extra personal, like she did a great job of like nobody seemed to hold this against her. And I think, you know, she she played it off as if she was just taking people who hadn't had a reward, which was definitely partially true. But also she's been with Omer since day one and she took Mike who Omer was clearly trying to strategize with. And I wonder if they had a conversation, Omer and Lindsay, and like mentioned when they were talking about getting Jonathan out, I wonder if like Omer mentions like, oh, Mike could be somebody you want to work with. He seems like you want, he may want to get at high. Like she took somebody that needed people that was looking for new people to work with and brought him closer. And obviously we could talk about the masterful move here by Omer to put the dagger in uh, Mike and High's relationship and alliance here at this reward um th this was just such an incredible move and it was like the perfect like edit where like he's like and, and honestly he he tricked me when he when he said that before we got the confessional i was like oh that seems like something that like hi would say like so so i was sitting there and i'm like oh like it makes sense that uh hi that hi called mike a puppet to omer and then omer and then you have the confessional to omer and he was like nah that's a complete lie but like mike ate it up and mike was like and like this is this is the part of Omer's game that is so impressive is like it was the like you have to tell and I think I believe that Omer said this in his it was like the episode titles like you have to tell you, you have to tell good lies on Survivor you he cannot like it would have been the wrong thing to try to separate High and Mike but keep High in the game so like for example he tells this lie it's complete BS but it's believable because Mike already is angry with high so mike is going to latch on to anything that he says in terms of that any reason any any reason that mike is given to turn on high he's going to do it at this point because he was already unhappy with him so he eats up the lie and then at the end of the, at the end of the episode highs voted out so now the, nobody could trace that lie nobody could trace that that was a lie back mm -hmm. like mike is not going to find out that that was that omer lied probably until after he watched the episode last night like that that was that's why you know it's so impressive is like you know high's gone so there's no way that it could get traced back to omer he tells a perfect lie and that that moment is what solidifies this three yeah i mean really impressive i i jumped out of my chair i i, I literally <laughs> could not contain myself because it it just was such an insane thing to see and I, I it's so crazy because on one hand i see what you're saying where 
like, oh yeah, that makes sense that High would say this, but I feel like if I went back and watched how High communicates with Mike or what High said in his exit interview, High wouldn't use these words. But I think the reason why Omer's so good strategically as well as socially is that he tells, like you mentioned, he tells a lie that is believable to the player that he's convincing. So in Mike's case, Mike is already an emotional player in some ways. He's already annoyed with High because he feels like High is trying to run his game in certain ways. Maybe High never would use that the word puppet, but like Mike certainly feels like High is trying to run his game and there's a wedge between them. So the way that this lie was basically built on a read, he has a read that there's a gap there, which there is, and the relationship is not as strong as it was heading into the merge. And he then widened that gap with this lie. And then it was to the right person because now Mike, who's emotional, is not going to take this lightly and was going to want High out. Like he wanted Chanel out and he wanted Daniel out. The same thing happened again. And it just, like you mentioned, High then uh, Omer buries the body. Then as soon as he tells this lie, you have to strike while the iron's hot because then they can't compare notes. And even if they compare notes on the jury, I feel like even though Mike might get upset at Omer, I feel like High as a gamer is going to say, Listen, you got Omer, you got him. You got him good. So this was really cool to see. And I and again, going back to like the lies that are believable, Dylan, like this also happened, I think, with the Lydia vote. Like the whole reason Lydia left is because Omer threw out there she's trying to turn on the eight and get rid of Jonathan when she wasn't really. And like he he makes up these lies that are so believable, and that's why he's able to make these plans work. Right. And and just like that Lydia vote at, like once Lydia's out of the game there's nobody that's going to that's going to be there and be like well he's lying like he didn't i never said this like that's that's what's so impressive um it, it's kind of like uh it, it's like in a in a in a very different way but like it's like in season 19 whenever like russell hans would hear that somebody was like even a little sharp about somebody going for him just immediately out of the game like it's like it's like that like that, that's a that's a type of thing it's like any it's it, it just like that type of mentality. Again, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's like anytime Omer wants somebody to go, they've been going. It's like, it, it's incredibly impressive. And it's not only him getting his agenda that he wants. It's also his timing. Cause he has a confessional in the episode where he says, you have to have the right timing. Cause if you don't, things can fall through. And we hear that from a lot of winners that, that the timing in the game is super important. And going back to the Lydia vote for one second, and then I'll bring it back to high. High told uh, Rob in exit interviews the reason why he either couldn't, he just, he couldn't save Lydia and he just jumped on board was that Omer told him 30 minutes before tribal. So Omer didn't give him any time to try to save Lydia. And High is just like, look, there's, there's only six of us. Sorry, Tori won immunity. There's only five of us able to be voted out anyway. And I don't want to get it flipped on me. So I have to just go for this and I have to kind of hope I can pick up the pieces afterwards. So Omer is so good, not just with his lies and his relationships, his timing is so good because he didn't let high really save Lydia at all. And then we see tonight, you know, Omer's like, when is the right time to drive this wedge in? Oh, maybe now when Mike came to me and said, I'm upset about this rocks, but now is the time to take high out. So his timing is so good as well. And, and another, uh, and we, first of all, we got to like another reason why this felt so significant is because we got a lot we got a lot of time and again this is something that was edited out this is a, this was a very short reward challenge mm -hmm. it was something that was completely edited out of season 41 and we also get like a lot of time here like that was most of like the segment between commercials like that that was most of it and we also get Lindsay here tell who tells Omer and Mike about the amulets so Drea has one 
Lindsay has one and high has one. So she's like, well, this is perfect because if high, if high goes out, then now the amulets, there's only gonna be two of them left and it becomes a steal a vote. And then eventually if I were to get Dre out, then that would become an idol. So that was like, I think that, that moment was like another moment that just bound those three together is that they know there's only seven people left and they could potentially, if they bring Dre in, have a fourth and have a steal vote. Like there's a lot of things that could be, that are going right for this three. And the, the other thing is that, and this is what's what Omer does so well is like, he's working with people who need him, right? Like, like Mike need, now that highs out, Mike needs Omer. Lindsay needs Omer because they've been together at the beginning. And I think Lindsay's only path to the end would be going with Omer. Like she needs, so, so both of them need Omer. And then you have like people who aren't even, I guess in his, if, if you want to even want to call this an alliance, cause like we've seen from Omer, this could switch up next week. But for now, this is an alliance of three. And he's even close with people that are outside of his alliance. Like we saw Romeo later in the episode be like, all right, I trust you the most. And that's somebody Romeo who's been like out of the loop with everything. He tells Omer, I trust, I trust you the most. So he kind of, it's like, everybody feels like they need Omer. But nobody, fe- but everybody kind of just sees him as just like a number and not like somebody who's running the game. And that's what's just so impressive. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't, like you said, everyone is aligned with him. He hasn't had his name written down once. I think I think he's the only person left, maybe Drea, although technically Drea would have had her name written down if it wasn't for the idol play that she did. Um, but like his name's not written down. No one's gunning for him. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I actually forgot what the preview was about because I've been so focused on this episode, but I feel like it was one of those things where it's like, oh, how about this person, this person, this person, and Omer's not even in the conversation. So it's just like, he's positioned just so well in this game. And I think the question we have to ask ourselves next before we get continue with the episode is like, is he too out in front at this point? Do we feel like, you know, he peaked right at the merge, or he peaked at the right time? Is there anyone that can stand in his way at this point? I feel like something would have to have to break very badly for this to go wrong. Yeah, and, and we can we can get to that a little bit at the end when we look ahead to next week. I want to get to right now just the immunity challenge quick. Lindsay wins two challenges in a row. She wins the immunity over Jonathan. That was a really cool challenge. I enjoyed that a lot. I was on the edge of my seat. I thought Jonathan was going to pull it out. Like I thought it was one of those edits where like they kept showing him almost slipping and he was going to recover and recover. And then finally, Lindsay was just going to drop out of nowhere. But uh, Lindsay gets the small advantage there because Jonathan was barely able to stand on the on the sure. final foothold, which was which was pretty hilarious. But also Lindsay, great job at the challenge for obviously for her. Yep. Yeah, really good. That's not an easy challenge at all. Um, so after the challenge, you have, you know, it was basically like we saw a split between High and Jonathan. And like this was just one of those votes that I was like, it seems so easy. And and it see it seemed so easy. Everybody was like high, high, high. And then like high was like trying to like come up with like he was trying to tell jonathan and make sure that like he kind of felt in trouble but also felt safe it was like a weird type of thing he's like oh uh, i have an idol and i'll play it for you tonight and then jonathan like who does not have a lot of game sense we've seen that he walks away and he's like to omer like yeah the biggest lie i've ever seen the worst lie i've ever seen and i mean (laughs) this was like high was in big trouble and then we kind of got you know a little bit after that where omer's like well it seems so easy so is this is this the right vote um like it seems way too easy and i think another i think a a good quality a great quality for omer and any any good survivor player is that they don't get uh enamored with a big move that's the wrong move 
like Omer thought about it and that's correct. Like he should have thought about it. He thought about, you know, switching the vote to Jonathan, but then he was like, no, like I'm not going to, because if he has switched the vote to Jonathan, then all of a sudden people could start seeing him as the ringleader. But if he goes, if he goes along with high, it kind of just looks like, well, Mike's the one who turned on high and that's what it looked like right now to everybody. So I think, you know, Omer definitely made the right move to go with the flow because had he, you know, gone for the big move which to me wouldn't have even it would have been a big move in terms of like the way everything was looking but it would not have been a good move so i think omer you know makes a great decision here um completely just goes with the plan and goes with the flow and does not look like he has blood on his hands like he's always been doing yeah and i think this goes back to a a thing we saw last week where um like omer says the reason why he got rid of rocks roy was because i want to work with somebody who's malleable somebody who will bend to what i want and and he, and I think I think the thing though is like yeah Jonathan's not gonna do that a lot Jonathan is you know very stubborn in how he thinks about the game, but Jonathan implicitly trusts Omer they've been together since the beginning and they have a great relationship still so that's why Omer feels like I could switch it last minute to save high but I mean everybody wants him out anyway and I'm working with Jonathan Jonathan trusts me everybody wants high out regardless and like to that point high is somebody who, yeah, high is malleable. High can kind of switch his mind. He can make some moves, but he has the, he, he has more potential to do damage to, um, to Omer's game. And that's something that was a, a theme throughout the episode, actually, where Mike is worried that, you know, high could damage his game. And Lindsay wants to get out Jonathan possibly next week because he's ruining her game with his strategic play. So it's kind of just like how long do you hold on to your ally and then once they start to have a negative impact on your game even if they're not looking at you yet they're looking at them so then when's the right time to cut bait so that's another timing question that all these players have to balance yeah and i do want to talk about jonathan and like quickly um because like i think like two weeks ago we would have said like all right like jonathan maybe he's a threat to win the game maybe he's a threat to win out now it's like I don't really think he has much of a chance at all based on what we see from everybody else. They're not too worried about him. So I think that, you know, Lindsay personally for Lindsay, it's the right move to get out Jonathan because they, they were aligned and they kind of are still aligned, but he's all over the place with strategy and that's not good at this, at this point in the game. So for Lindsay, it's the right move to get him out. But for like a person like Omer who doesn't have to rely heavily on Jonathan, I just feel like, a lot of people in the season, they're like, all right, like Jonathan's great at challenges. He's great at these challenges, but he's kind of, you know, he's beatable in the individual immunity challenges. Like he's been beaten several times. So I think at this point they're like, all right, well, if he wins out and goes to the end, then he wins out and goes to the end. They're willing to compete with that because I don't think at this point in survivor survivor 42, He's not going to, even if he wins out and gets to the end, he's not winning this game because no matter who he sits next to, he, his, his argument will be, I was the big guy who was not supposed to make it. I had the biggest target on my back. I had to lower my target level. And then I ended up winning out and going because I'm, I'm good at great challenges. Like, yes, he, he would maybe get a couple of votes, but I don't think he could beat somebody like Omer or Mike who had a much better social game, much better strategical game. So I don't think a lot of people are too worried about Jonathan at this point. I actually think that Jonathan being in the game is still very good for Mike and Omer because he is shielding them. Like Lindsay is completely looking at Jonathan. I'm sure, I'm sure other players in the game that, you know, we aren't talking about in terms of that three are still looking at Jonathan as a big threat. So I personally don't think that it's, it's, it's not a big deal to keep him in the game for now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I I mean, listen, (laughs) 
any after last season, anything can happen. But I don't think at this point Jonathan can win just based on you know how the jury is reacting to certain things, especially with with what happened last week, and also Romeo too. I mean, Romeo is somebody who's been an underdog for since the merge. Uh, due to some paranoia, as we've heard in some exit interviews, but I don't think oh, Romeo can win at this point. I mean, maybe he gets the underdog at it if he makes it to the end, but I just don't see it happening. I think our winner is one of the other five in the game. And in terms of Jonathan, I mean, to your point, it might get like it might just get to the point where they keep him because he can't win. I mean, people were keeping Xander, and people weren't trying to flush his idol because they're like, well, Xander's not going to win at the end. And we saw Xander didn't get any votes. So, I mean, this can be the same thing again. And I feel like for Lindsay, though, I think it was, I think it was right for everybody to get rid of high at this point. We can argue if like maybe Mike should have kept him for one or two more votes, but I, th I think for Lindsay, she was right to get rid of high here. Maybe like next week at final seven, you can get rid of Jonathan or final six, because the other thing here, and even though I, I think at this point, the season's not going to stick to tribal lines, we're at final seven and we have still have four Taku. Basically we lost Jackson and Mariah like right away. And then no one else is left yet. So they hold the majority in the seven person group. Now, Drea has 37 advantages, but Marianne has, you know, her advantages as well. I mean, we can go through it quickly right now, but you know, if the Takus wanted to stick together, they easily could and pick off the bottom. Uh, people of Romeo, Mike, and Drea. I don't think it's going to be that clean. I think that if a swap is going to, not a swap, I think a, a switch is going to happen at some point in this week or next week where one of the Takus might go, whether that's Jonathan or Marianne. But I mean, if Lindsay had taken them out here, maybe people flip on the Takus. But I mean, at this point, they hold all the cards. Omer, Omer is in the spot where everyone wants to align with him. He can either stick with his Takus, he can stick with Mike. He he wants to pull Romeo along. He can like they have options, right? And and let and let's talk about like what we think is going to happen going forward. Yeah. Next week in the preview, we see that the it, it looks and again we don't know if they if they if they switch the twist slightly because they've been doing that a lot this season. Oh, I forgot. Oh, Dylan, I was so happy recording with you, and then I completely forgot that was in the. Okay. It looks it looks like the Monty Hall mm. twist will be back. The do or die yeah. twist will be back next week. Yeah. Um, and mm. I, I'm, I have a lot of questions about this. First of all, obviously, for those who don't remember what that was, that was where at the final seven of last season they had the challenge where they, you know, the classic challenge where you have to hold like the hold the uh, the contraption together, and like and and if the ball like if the thing collapses, the ball falls, and like then you lose. So you have to like hold everything together, and then you add, you keep adding more, and it gets harder as it goes on. Um, that that is the type of challenge where anybody could drop first. The do or die twist is if you drop first, then your game, your survivor game comes down to a game of chance where you get presented three options, you uh, three boxes, you have and you only have a 33% chance of getting it right, but Jeff reveals another one, then it becomes a Monty Hall problem, which we'll get into all next week when, when that happens. But basically you know, if you could solve the Monty Hall problem right or get lucky like Deshaun did and not solve the problem but still get lucky, then you end up you could end up being safe. Um, and there's and there's a vote. But if not, then that person just goes home. So the other thing is you have the option to sit out the challenge and not risk that, which to me is the right move for basically everybody that's left, which is which is what I'm which is except for Jonathan. So that's the thing that I'm questioning right now is like what is gonna be the motivation for anybody left besides Jonathan to play in this immunity challenge. And what happens if six of the people say, I don't want to play and 
Jonathan's the only one who's willing to play. So then what would happen? I assume that there would be some kind of, uh, they would bring out some kind of temptation to, to make people play. But like, if we're going to go through the list right now, like Lindsay, maybe Lindsay plays because she's been doing really good in the challenges, but I think she probably feels good right now in her spot in the game. And she has, and she has the amulet that could be, you know, used as a steal a vote. So like maybe, maybe she doesn't, maybe she's, she to me is 50, 50. Dre is kind of the same way. She has all these advantages. She doesn't need to play, but she's been, but she, you know, she's good at challenges. So maybe she does 50, 50. Jonathan, I definitely think is in trouble. So I think he would play. Plus he's a challenge beast. Then you have like, Mike, who has an idol, why would he want to play? Marianne, who has an idol and an extra vote, why would she want to play? Romeo, who has not been good at challenges either. Like, maybe Romeo feels the need to play, but why would he if he's not good at challenges and, like, his game could come down to a game of chance? So I just think a lot. you're going to probably get a lot of people who don't want to play next week, and I'm just wondering how this is all going to play out. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned this because that's um, that's Christian's question in, in the chat. So, I mean, I, I know that we were, we're going to get to questions in a second anyway, even though there aren't that many uh, tonight. But, I mean, kind of analyzing who is going to participate and who's not. I have to go back and look, Dylan. I have to figure out how Jeff phrased it because, obviously, the way Jeff told them was, okay, this is this today's challenge. At the Final Seven, there's a twist. You either can sit out and you can't win immunity, but you're not going to be involved in, in the twist. Or you can choose to play and get immunity, but if you're first out, you have to play a game of chance. Now, I don't think Jeff told them what happened yet. I think when Deshaun got to Tribal, I think Jeff called him up and said, this is how it's going to work. You have a one in um, well, Monty Hall, basically pick you know one of these three boxes, like you, you want to switch. But I don't think Jeff told them the odds or anything at the challenge. I think Jeff just simply said, you either sit out and no immunity, but you're safe from the twist, or you play, try to win. However, you play a game of chance if you're the first one out. So in terms of everybody that you just laid out, I think Jonathan is just a competitor. Like he's going to play no matter what, whether he was on the top or the bottom. I think he just plays because that's who Jonathan is as a competitor. You can make the same argument for Drea. Drea came here to play. You can make the same argument for Mike. I feel like Romeo as well. I feel like Romeo is somebody who, if he feels like he's on the bottom, he's going to want to try to secure his spots. If it's a balanced thing, maybe he could outlast them. I don't know. I'm not sure who would sit out here. I, I I feel like, and maybe Marianne, because I don't think Marianne's somebody who would want to risk her game on a, a game of chance. The, the most interesting thing is Omer. What do we think Omer's going to do? Because in Omer's situation, the sitting out, well, I guess sitting out doesn't indicate you feel like you're in a great spot because you, you can just say, well, I didn't want to play a game of chance. But I'm curious what Omer will choose to do. I'm wondering if Omer says to himself, I don't want to mess anything up. I don't want to go out because of a twist with how I'm playing. So I'm just going to kind of play it's cautious. I don't know what to say. To me, if you're, if look, I, I understand the temptation if you're Drea to play, because if, if Drea wins immunity next week, then uh, she makes the final six and then she has an idol to play at final six or final five. And at that point with the idols and amulets and extra votes, like she, she's making the final five. Like it's as simple as that. So, yeah. so, so I, I see, why somebody like Drea would want to play. Um, I, I guess I could say the same thing for Marianne, but Marianne has not been great at challenges. So do we think that to me, I, to me, I, why am I even risking putting myself a chance if I'm an idol? Like if I have to play the idol, I'll just play the idol and I yeah. really want to see another day. So I think, I, I think Omer is going to be one of the most interesting choices is because like, if he sits out, does he seem like he's too confident? Like at this, first of all, first of all, let me just, let me just say something before we're going through. 
if Omer or Mike or Drea go out from this twist, CBS is going to hear it. So I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. My end prediction for this twist is that I, my, I'm going to guess that the person is safe, ends up being safe, whoever does a chance. Mm. Um, I think that they, they, um, they, they do the problem right and they end up being safe. That's my prediction. Then we have a normal vote, but, um. I just, yeah, I just can't see one of the top players going out with this twist. Like, you cannot, if you're Survivor and you already heard negative feedback from last season, well, you cannot, you cannot have one of your best players go out. From well, Dylan, season. they didn't hear the feedback. They're not going to do this again in 43, but they didn't well, hear no, the no, feedback. No, 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 no. But, but you could, but you could edit it differently so that we would not be, so that we would not be annoyed when a great player gets taken out. Like, you could just, you could just make, you could, obviously, you can't, you can't edit to change the game but you could edit it to change our perception of the game as viewers. So yes, theoretically, anybody could, could get taken out by this twist, but I don't think that, for example, I don't think, I, I can't see one of the three I named going out from this twist. I mean, listen, I don't think so based on the edit, but I also don't think they care. I, I feel like if, if it happens, Jeff's going to go, all right, and that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you take a risk and it doesn't work out. I, I, feel, like, I feel like that's how Jeff just is. I, I mean, I, listen, people will riot if it's one of those three. Yeah. Twitter Twitter will also riot if it's Marianne. I, I think if it's Romeo or Lindsay, people don't go crazy. But I, I don't know. It's just so crazy at this point. Um, I, I hope it doesn't work. I hope no one loses based on the game of chance. And I think the interesting thing here as well is, and I do see some more questions in the chat so we can get to them. Um, but the other thing I want to mention about this twist is that, like you said, people could sit out if they have idols. Like if Mike has his idol, Marianne has her idol, maybe they say, look, I'm not even going to, chance it i'm just gonna sit out and i'll play it and i'll see it. i'll fight for another day we're running out of time i mean people kept saying all season like we might get advantage get in again because there's so many left in the game but we just don't have enough time i think most of these advantages shot in the dark extra vote idol amulet knowledge of power these all expire by final six maybe like one of them is final five but they all expire soon and we have two amulets with drea and Lindsay. Knowledge is power with Drea. Idols with Mike and Marianne. Extra votes for Drea and Marianne. So, like, these all can't get used between next week and this week. I feel like they're some of them are just going to expire naturally. And and I honestly, when I was talking about Drea, I left out the knowledge is power. So, yeah, she has a knowledge is power. So, if I'm Drea, I'm not, I'm not playing in this, in this challenge. Because there's just no point in risking all your advantages for uh, an immunity challenge. Like, I, I can't. I cannot see the benefit of that when she could potentially have two idols in a row, final seven, final six, or final six, final five. I can't, I cannot see a benefit for her playing again. Obviously the benefit is if she wins, but, but I, I don't, I cannot see the risk being the risk is not worth taking for her. So I, I just think that all this is going to be interesting. We could next week when all of it happens and people make their decisions, we could break down person by person. Was it the right move? And I think that would be a really interesting conversation, but I don't want to get like too much into this because we have questions uh, to go over. But yeah, the, the last thing I'll say before questions is the knowledge is power. Cause now I'm thinking about this and I don't want to get into a whole discussion about last week again, but do we think Drea chooses to use knowledge is power at all? And if so on who, cause I feel like after last week, I, I mean, listen, she, no one knows Marianne has this new idol. No, nobody knows she has that. Cause she hasn't told anybody as we've seen. Um, but I mean, she might know about Marianne's extra vote because a lot of people know about it. I don't see her taking anything from Marianne after what happened last week. I just don't see it happening. She could take Mike's idols because she knows about Mike's idol. I just feel like knowledge is power, as we saw with Liana, is such 
an aggressive move to steal someone's thing, whether it works or not. So I'm wondering if Drea will even use it. To so me, we'll there's two there's two opportunities that you use knowledge of power if you're Drea. Because she already has another idol, so it's not completely... No, she, does, no, she, does, she doesn't have an idol. Oh, no, right, right, she doesn't. She has Sorry. an amulet. She has yeah. an amulet, which could turn into an idol if she yeah. votes out Lindsay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I guess the, get, all these advantages. There's too much. Really <laughs> There's yeah. too much. So when I when I was probably mis misspeaking before and saying Drea has idols, I meant knowledge's power. That's what I meant. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, Drea could use knowledge's power if she's in a desperate situation. Um, if she's in a desperate situation, or I would wait till final five to use it, because if you do it at final five and get possibly vote out Mike from that or just take his idol and save yourself or just take it just to make sure you make the final four. Then I think, you know, my, there's not, there's only so much Mike could say It's like, all right, this is the last time you could use it. So if, if you, it, or, or is the, or is final six, the last time she could use it. I, <laughs> there, there's like, there's so many, there's so many, there's I gotta so go many. back and look. Right. So, okay. Regardless, I would wait till the final time you could use it to use knowledge as power, because at that point, it's the last time that it could be used and Mike cannot completely hold it against her. It's like, all right, she had the advantage. She knew that you were the one who had it. Like, I don't know. I don't, clearly there's so many advantages that I'm getting confused at this point. But when I was talking about uh, idol for Dre, I meant knowledge is power that she could get an idol if she wants, but yes. Um, yeah. All right, let's get to the questions. Sure. So we already went over Christian's question about who will compete next week. So like you said, Dylan, we can break down next week, why people did what they did and why they chose to play or sit out and not to be results oriented, but we'll see if people made the right choice or not based on what happens. So we already went over that. This is a question, Dylan, that I wanted to bring up in the recap, but I'm glad two people have already brought it up by both D Thompson and UNC Andre. Why do you think High and Romeo ended up voting the same way? They both vote for Jonathan here, where everybody else votes for High. And then as a backup, as a backup to this or a follow-up, UNC also says, Do y'all think that Romeo will be angry with Omer for letting him vote for Jonathan, even though everyone else went for high? So this is a very interesting point because I'm not saying this is like a crack in Omer's game. So I think Omer's playing so masterfully right now, but I genuinely genuinely think that Romeo and High voted the same way only because High was the target and I, I genuinely think Romeo got left out. I think Romeo said to Omer and to others, who were you guys voting for? And they said, we're voting for Jonathan and obviously to not let it go back to High because I think Romeo also has a tendency to let secrets slip. High said in an exit interview, he told High, uh, Romeo at the merge to kind of make him feel better because he wanted to work with him, vote for Chanel. Romeo immediately ran and told Tori and told Chanel and then it came back. So I, I feel like the reason why R Romeo was left out was because he gets paranoid and stuff. So they just told him Jonathan. I'm wondering if this is going to come back in a bad way where Romeo's going to be like, you, I said, I said you're my number one and you left me out. I, I'm wondering if this will have an impact. What are your thoughts on all this? Yes, it could have an impact for sure. That That's an interesting point to come up with. It's like Romer's playing this perfect game, but it's very hard to play a perfect game. And eventually somebody's somebody's going to be mad at you at some point in this game, and you're going to have to mitigate that and figure out a way to get around it. Um, my thought is that if Romeo gets – so if you're Omer right now and you say to yourself, well, if I don't – obviously there was a big risk of telling Romeo if his reputation 
was that he goes and tells people everything. Yeah. Romeo being the desperate person he is in this game at the bottom could have easily told Ty what was going to happen just because he just wanted to cause chaos. Like at this point, like that's where Romeo is in terms of the pecking order in this game. Um, so I don't think he should have told him. I think it was the right move to leave him out. Now, how do you handle this when you get back and he, he realizes he's left out? Um, yes, Romeo, yes, Romeo could be mad, but what's he going to, what's he going to do about it? That he's mad at you're already down to final seven. Romeo is not going to work with Jonathan. Probably. It seems like the three of Mike Lindsay and Mike Lindsay and, uh, Omer, obviously we, we think they're very tight. So if he tries to work with any of them to, you know, or I should say, if he tries to work with Mike or Lindsay to blindside Omer, like that's probably not going to go over well for him. Um, and then he's just going to end up getting voted out. So it's like, he doesn't really have a lot of options and avenues to go. So like you said, timing is so important. I think Omer yeah. just realized like Romeo just may be out of options. And if he's mad at me, then there's nothing he could do about it. Yeah. I mean, listen, again, this game changes on a dime. And again, I don't think it's going to come back to bite Omer. I really hope it doesn't. Cause I think everybody now that's a super fan is rooting for Omer, but listen, you can tell me and you can lay out a scenario that I could believe you where Romeo is mad at high. I'm not high. Romeo is mad at Omer because Omer left him out of the vote. Um, Romeo wants to make a strike against Omer because he perceives Omer's playing well. He goes, he doesn't go to Jonathan, but maybe he goes to Marianne. Maybe he goes to Drea and the three of them, maybe they pull in one more, but they say to, to um, the three of them, okay, well, between the three of us, we have our amulets. We have knowledge is power and we have two extra votes and they technically could try something. Again, I don't think it's possible. I think Omer still insulate, insulated so well in this group, but I think Romeo is somebody who had a good pre-merge because he's a player. And I don't think you can ever ignore a player trying to make a move because even if it doesn't work that uh, Romeo could take a swing next week and miss and he goes home to final seven, fine, whether it's do or die or not, but he still could unravel some pieces of Omer's game, but right before the end. So I, I don't think it's a big deal, but you never know what could happen with that. Truthfully, if I'm Omer, then if I'm Omer, like Romeo has got to be the next to go. Like you, you cannot risk having that in the game anymore um, at, at this point. So I would not be surprised if that happens. That being said, um, look, it'll be interesting to see. I personally, it's hard to see like how, like how Omer could, could, could downfall here. Obviously, obviously, if the do or die gets him, then the do or die gets him. Mm -hmm. The other option is that, like, he's the only one real. He's one of the only ones that doesn't have some sort of an advantage. Now, Omer, Omer, Jonathan, and Romeo are the only ones who don't have anything. All they right. have is shot in the dark. Yeah. And we spoke last season about how not having advantages is kind of a strength because there were all these beware advantages and you know some people didn't have votes and then like other people like everyone knew where the advantages were so by you not having an advantage it lowers your threat level naturally so and, and a person like omer he doesn't have an issue not having advantages but when there's this many advantages left this late in the game then it's you know it, things could get things could get tricky if you know once if people are starting to play a bunch of idols at the final five and he doesn't have an idol so and this and this is the problem and this is another reason why i hate all these twists is because if you think about it we between this season and last season, we lost the final nine votes. And now next week with do or die, because that can just mess things up. We're losing final seven. And these are odd number of votes where flips can easily happen like a five to four, four to three. And I hate that for strategy, we're losing that. So I hope they don't continue this going forward because you could easily see a scenario where Romeo is scorned after this. And then some type of four, three vote happens or not. I'm, so 
Yeah. I'm holding out hope that that the person who does do or die is saved. I'm hoping by, so. by the problem. And then this way we just get a normal vote. But it'll be very interesting to see um, what happens going forward here. Yeah. So the next question also from UNC Andre, as someone who didn't watch 41, I'm assuming he, UNC Andre is referring to as TV 41. No, no, I'm sorry. Like, is he saying that like he didn't see 41 or the players didn't see 41? As someone who didn't watch 41, no, 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 oh, I, I oh, 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 he's asking for clarification. I'm sorry. I got it now. Right. He, for clarification purposes, can Marianne or Mike use their idol to block do or die? No. As far as I know, let's just say um, Romeo simply plays and he's out first. He has to play the game a chance no matter what. If he draws the skull, he's out no matter what. Nothing can save him. If he draws one of the two flames, he's still in the game and then the final seven vote continues as normal that's how that works yeah you cannot save yourself with an advantage for do or die which is which is what makes it so risky yeah christian wants to know omar's edit is too good to be true do you think he wins the final immunity gives it up makes fire and loses fire omar is in a spot where he doesn't have to do this there he he as of right now there's no like there's no boss there's like boss battles in video games there's no end boss in his way he is the boss where this isn't like you're rick devins if you're chris underwood this isn't like the um like i guess like a, like a tony or sarah thing or this isn't like um i don't know like chrissy and Bet. like there's just i, I hate this twist I, I hate this twist anyway but the point is is that omer doesn't have to take somebody out if he wins immunity he's keeping it he has no reason to give it up also to be fair Omer hasn't been great at the challenges so far, so I don't think he's going to be even in the spot to begin with, but you never know. I just don't think Omer, if he wins that immunity, has any reason to give it up. I have an interesting theory here. Um, based on what we're seeing so far, I think Omer's game may be so good that I'm not ruling out him him not even be going the fire if he loses immunity. Like I think I don't think anyone seeing him right now is a huge threat. Obviously, as the numbers dwindle down to final four, and he get if he gets there, then people could just say, "All right, he's the biggest threat remaining. He's going to fire no matter what." But like we saw Erica get brought to fire last season. Uh, I'm not I get get brought get brought and not have to do fire last season. I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to completely rule that out for Omer. Obviously, it's unlikely. I still am holding out a chance that it happens. I think there's just, there's just so much that has to happen. So we'll see. So the thing about um, and this is the other reason why I wanted to mention Erica as well is Dylan for the longest time. And I can go back for a while for the longest time, most winners, especially in the thirties and even late twenties have had some type of either advantage an idol or immunity like Tony, Nick Wilson, Chris Underwood, Wendell, Ben, etc. The only ones in recent history who have not had anything is Erica from last season, even though Erica voted correctly. No, Erica, did, it, did Erica win immunity once? So I Erica, er, I believe Erica found an idol though on in the, in the finale. Is that correct? I'm sorry. So, okay, so this proves my, this proves my point even more. So she did find an event. She did find a um, advantage at the finale. So that, that did happen. So that proves my point even more though. And actually Erica won immunity, I think once she, she in that split uh, episode it was, I think, it was tommy and, from season 39 that, that really that, that, and, and and that's my point where every winner except for tommy has had some type of immunity or idol and so far omer has nothing and i feel like and i, I have to go back and watch tommy's game i blocked 39 out of my mind for a lot of reasons <laughs> but 
like Tommy is somebody who was able to play a game where he didn't have to rely on anything and just use his social game and strategic game to win. And I'm wondering if we're in the same boat where Omar, he doesn't win anything. He doesn't get any advantages or idols, but we're seeing Omar play so masterfully. I, I, I just feel like it's so interesting because we're so used to winners having this ammunition and for a winner to not have any ammunition and still play this grid of a game is super impressive. Super impressive. I'm not ruling out that this, that, that, I, I could like first of all, I think that if this season is similar to last season, then we're gonna get another idol hidden at final five. So I'm not ruling him. Fi- I'm not ruling him like uh, finding that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I could see, like if all if all these advantages get played, like we're running out of time to use these advantages. I assume the next yeah. couple of tribal councils, people are gonna start playing them. So I definitely think that we're gonna get another Erica like situation where yeah. he could easily be in the position to find the idol at final five and secure a spot. Also. We know that late in the season, we get some huge puzzles at the end. And we know Omer could do puzzles. He's good. So he could win immunity for all we know. And mm-hmm. I, I think I there's just so many different things that could play out. I'm excited. Look, personally, a lot of people are saying, and I believe this was a question in the in the uh in the chat, uh-huh. whether whether or not Omer's edit is like too good to be true. Is he getting the guy that like is amazing and then falls just short at the end? Maybe he is, but to me. I think that, and again, this is no offense to Erica, who I'm sure played a great game, and we just happened not to see it. Like, after Survivor heard what our opinion was on the last season and how we didn't really get to see a lot of Erica, we didn't really know what her strategy was, plus the fact that Jeff is calling this a new era of Survivor, drop the four, drop the four, keep the two, whatever. So, <laughs> keep the... so. Given the new era of Survivor, given Jeff wanting to, you know, put a bunch of new players into the game, I would not be surprised if he just gets, if Omer's just getting a dominant winner at it to be like our first legend, quote unquote. And, and regardless, even if he does not win, he could be considered a new, a new, new era legend here, by the way he's playing, and he will probably play again. But I think it's possible that he's just getting a dominant winner at it. I, I would not rule that out. Yeah. Um, because especially after last season, like people want to see a dominant winner. Like it's always fun to see a dominant winner. My brother brought up a great point that season to me, season 34, Sarah was very like this, that she always was in control. Everyone was always going to her. She made the right moves at the right time. She was in the middle of every vote. She balanced everything perfectly. And at the end, like you knew she was going to win. I, I kind of feel like it, it could be a little bit similar. So we're going to have to see what happens. It could be like a Sarah. Listen, and Omer's playing so well right now. And I don't want to jinx it. And I feel like um, it's too soon to compare him to these legends, even though he's getting up there pretty quickly. If he carries us to the end with no flaws, you can start comparing him to like a Kim Spradlin, like a Boston Rob. So it's possible. Uh, I see two more questions in the chat, although I think the first one came from a conversation between Christian and you and Siandre because they were debating, you know, what would happen at the end, who would Omer want to take with him or what would happen there. Um, I don't think this is a question for us, but just basically saying, would he give up immunity to make sure Marianne and Romeo make the finals? Again, I don't think Omer would ever give that up. I feel like only in certain situations do you see somebody give up that immunity for uh, certain reasons. But um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I, I hope they get rid of the twist. They're not going to, but I hope that's part of the feedback. Um, the last question I have here or the comment that you actually said to me before this podcast still and but we never talked about it live because you were uh working last week omer articulating his game 
Can Omer articulate his moves in a way that doesn't alienate him with the jury? People don't seem to be tracing moves to him. So you said to me, and maybe you heard this from Stephen Fishback or someone else, that Omer isn't super, again, he's not super overt. He's not super, you know, front running as high was in terms of his moves. He's behind the shadows. Can Omer get credit from the jury and will they recognize the game he's playing? My my guess is that if he's this good at the game, he should be able to articulate everything he's doing. Like he he knows everything very well. I think people like him, so I think that's a major part of it. Also, is like so far, I don't think anyone's gonna be bitter towards him. Like I think that like again, you saw High last night. He was like great move, guys. Like I don't think High is gonna be like bitter about it getting voted out. So and even if even if uh, even if Omer were to, were to turn on Mike, like maybe maybe Mike is like the old school type where he wouldn't like that, but. At the same time, like I think Mike at the end of the day realizes that this is a game. And I, I just I don't think in the new era of Survivor, I should say the new new era of Survivor, <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna hold against him like that he I first of all, I think he'll be able to articulate his moves and I think people will believe him. That's what I'm yeah, sorry. Um, no, I I also agree. I feel like, especially with this new format that we've seen since 34, where we have like this whole outwit outplay at last discussion instead of the jury questions which again if you're new here i prefer the old jury questions as opposed to the open discussion just for better tv moments but no if if, if jeff says okay guys this is the outlet portion this is the outplay portion at last omer's gonna say everything that i talked about today omer's gonna say my social game was great my strategic game was great my timing was good i had a very good threat level managed like like I, I, I told, I told high 30 minutes before Lydia went home. So I couldn't make a move. Like he's going to cite so many examples about his game that I think the jury is going to have to reward him. I just think the biggest question now becomes kind of like with Ricard from last season, does Omer get found out or does Omer be perceived as a new threat before the end? Or it's now final seven. And if Omer can just make it through two more votes and get to the final four um, immunity challenge, Will he either win? Will he get brought to the end? I don't know. I, I feel like it's still his game to lose at this point. And and let's and let's keep in mind that Ricard was he he was he came in fifth place. He was one immunity away from at least getting the fire. And then if he probably get, I think if you know if Ricard gets the fire, he probably wins the game. So literally, he, Ricard was probably one 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 immunity challenge went away from winning a million dollars. Omer, for all we know, could pull one out at the end. We'll have to see what happens. I'm very excited. Uh, to see what happens i think you know it's gonna be it's gonna be great down the stretch here and i i also want to we, we've been spending so much time on omer mm -hmm. i also want to point out and say that like if mike wins if drea wins if any of the so i think those personally are the top three candidates right now but if marianne uses an idol to get somebody out and big blind side and she suddenly catapults herself if Lindsay um does something similar votes out drea gets an idol use it correctly like she could have a late push i'm i I'm liking this cast so much that like oh, yeah. I, I will be I will be happy basically with whoever gets it done. So yeah, I mean, listen, I I think if I have to be honest, and obviously again, we still have two more episodes and then the finale, so three more episodes in total. Anything can still happen. Anyone can still make a big last push or a big move. So I'm not going to rule it out. Um, I feel like I'd be happy with like most of these people winning. There's one or two that I wouldn't be happy with, but for me, I, I just want to see the person who played the best game win at the end. And for me, that's Omer. So if Omer wins, I'm, I'm super happy. If Omer doesn't win and it's Mike or Drea, I'll be happy, but I won't be as, I won't be as, ex, as excited. I, I would right, be, but, I would be on this podcast. So happy if Omer wins. Right, right. This, but this is the type of thing I'm saying is like, 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 
people love to watch dominant winners. So again, I hope it happens, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. And then the other thing I'll say really quickly as well, just to give a quick eulogy on Hayek. I know this has been like our, our Omer podcast is I have to give a lot of respect to high. I, I might be out of my, my friend's draft at this point. Cause high left. Um, but high was a lot of fun to watch. High was somebody who was um, embracing the villain role in the merge. He played hard. He took risks. He, he, he flipped the vote when, um, when Jenny left and he, uh, saves himself there so even though high you know played a, a, a very hard game and it didn't work out for him i i really enjoyed watching high on the season as well yeah i agree high is a good player and i can see him coming back for sure mm-hmm. but i think that's it Dylan. i think we are out of questions and i would say who do you think is going to go home next week but i think with this twist it's going to be way too hard Pardon. to predict we, we can't even predict what's going to happen Yes, one thing I will say before we go off, be sure to like the video, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Soul Survivor Pod, TikTok, Soul Survivor Podcast. Subscribe, Apple, um, Spotify, links in the description below. What I will also say is that I want to try to see if we could get a guest on for our finale preview in a couple of weeks. So like always, I will say reply in the comments with people that you, you know, former players that you would love to see us have on. Um, and yeah. Not not much else to say here. Um, oh, the one last thing that we have to say, just because I know this always comes up in the offseason, Christian wants to let us know that 43 is filming. So we did see this from Redmond on Twitter. So I think they flew out this past week. So sometime around the last week of April, they flew out. Um, or maybe it was like May 1st, whatever it was. So if it's just a side note, you know, if this is going to be another 26 day season, they're still going to be filming once we get through the finale. So we may or may not get a tease on what 43 is. We might need to wait until the summer, but just in terms of our timelines that we always try to figure out, um, they're filming right now at 43. So hopefully at this point, if they just left, Jeff has a season and a half of feedback to take in and utilize. So hopefully if 42 has been a great ride so far, hopefully 43 is even better. Yep. All right good podcast and excited to see next week next week's episode next week it's do or die baby um but that's all we have for you tonight so grab your torches and head back to camp good night